Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and you are listening to the Backtracker History Show podcast. This show is crafted by me, a self-confessed history geek who enjoys those stories from the past that might have been forgotten. The Backtracker History Show is first aired on Bradley Stoke Radio in Bristol, England, before being plonked onto the podcast stage for all to enjoy. Now, if you did enjoy the show, don't forget to share or leave feedback. It all helps. You can keep in touch with me via either Twitter or Facebook by using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. This is a podcast-only show, which means that it hasn't been aired on the radio. The music should give you a clue. It's a circus-themed story about an entertainer called Karinga. This Hindu child woman knows no fear and controls wild beasts, so the posters would say. But first, I'm going to tell you about the circus that she performed in. The Bertram Mills Circus. It provided entertainment for young and old alike, and Bertram Wagstaff Mills was the driving force behind it. Bertram was born August 11, 1873, in London, England. He was so famous that when he died on April 16, 1938, in St Giles, Buckinghamshire, within five hours of the announcement of his death, the boardings for evening newspapers in London were proclaiming Bertram Mills dead. His name was a truly household one. One national paper announced the death of Britain's number one showman and the king of the modern circus, indicating the unrivaled position in which the showman was revered. Now, after their father's death, both Bernard and Cyril took over the running of Bertram Mills' circus, sustaining its success until the early 1960s, when it was finally disbanded due to widespread television viewing. Now here's a little fact of note. Cyril Mills served with MI5, the British Internal Security Service, and Mills used his role as a circus owner to gather intelligence during World War II and ran several security operations. He was also the spymaster who controlled Juan Pujol Garcia, codenamed Garbo. But let's get back to Bertram. Bertram Mills initially joined the family business as a carriage builder and only became involved in the circus through a wager of £100 he made in 1919 with Sir Gilbert Greenhorn, a fellow coaching enthusiast, to put on a first-class circus after watching what was, in his eyes, a very disappointing show at Olympia. Mills had originally planned to win the wager by hiring Ringland Brothers and Barnum and Bailey to come to London, but when the contract was suddenly cancelled, 
Mills decided to put on his own show. After about nine years of putting on shows in London, he created a travelling show, which was said to have cost £40,000 to launch and 2500 to run weekly, with the creme de la creme of circus performers forming part of his touring group Audiences across the land thrilled some of the leading artists of the day, appearing in the specially designed German Big Top, which travelled to their towns by rail. Bertram was the very first British showman to do this. It was Bertram Circus that introduced provincial audiences to the best of world circus talent, including Harry Cameron, a showman and illusionist best known as the Great Carmo. Also, Great Wallenders, a high wire act. The circus even had Buffalo Bill's Wild West playing for 15 weeks in 1902 to 1903. One of his most dramatic acts was Karinga, described as the Hindu childwoman who knows no fear and controls wild beasts. Indian girl who was causing a sensation on the continent by her hypnotic powers over human beings and animals. Her crocodile looks fierce, but watch her quieten it. See how stiff it's gone, proving that it's completely under her control and would do anything she willed it to. Now Karinga is going into a trance. It's in this condition that Indian fakirs can stick knives into themselves without bleeding or walk through fire. They're laying her across two knife edges, each sharp enough to cut her badly. Watch the man slice a piece of paper. And in this, already to us, dangerously unpleasant position, a 200-pound block will be broken across her body, an uncanny demonstration of Karinga's power. This exotic beauty, Karinga, once proclaimed as the only female fakir in the world, was also estimated to have a salary greater than that of the Prime Minister. In a review of the circus's performance, the Bristol Evening Post exclaimed, Karinga! When she walked into the ring last night with a couple of snakes around her neck, we sat up and looked. When she proceeded to mesmerise a crocodile, our eyes grew rounder. By the time she had walked up a ladder of sharp swords and lain on a bed of broken glass, all without injury, we gave up trying to explain it and simply accepted a miracle. Nor was this all, but I will reveal no more, merely adding that if this was the only turn in the circus, it would be worth the price of a ringside seat. According to the publicity issued by Mills Brothers Circus, where she performed from 1937 onwards, Karinga was a native of India who was raised by fakirs in Bikanir after being orphaned at the age of three. It was from them that she learned the arts of sorcery and magic, including walking over broken glass with her bare feet, being buried in a snake-infested sandpit, and the ability to mesmerise crocodiles. 
She had many live crocodiles. The largest was named Churchill, and she would shock her audience by walking on the heads of her hypnotised crocodiles in a specially designed tank whilst wearing a necklace of live snakes. In November 1939, during a show at the Empire Theatre in Sheffield, one of her crocodiles bit her during the first performance of the night. The crocodile was originally given to her by London Zoo only three days before, and this was her first injury since she started with the Bertram Mills Circus. Coringa was bitten just after she revived the crocodile after hypnotising it. She was wounded in the right calf, and until the wound could be dressed, she carried on with the show, blood streaming down her leg. Another description of her show in Bath from May 1939 goes, A coffin is brought in, and when Coringa has been swathed in a sheet, she is placed in it, and it is filled with sand. Another box is placed over the coffin, and this too is filled with sand. Coringa lies in the coffin, buried alive, breathless, for five minutes, while the ringmaster tells the strange story of her life. For five excruciating minutes, the audience is left to wonder what strange magic there is that protects this Indian enchantress. And then she is dug out, alive. January 1943, Coringa suffered a terrible blow. During the circus stint at the Palace Theatre in Huddersfield, five of her crocodiles were found dead in their tank. They were worth £800 and were named Hitler, Goring, Goebbels, Himmler and Hess. These were her baby crocodiles and were aged between 13 and 15 years old. She had three others that were kept in another tank. It was thought that maybe the insulation from the wire heating system had eroded and electrocuted them, or even that the horse meat they had been given might have had chemicals in it that disagreed with them. In the end, no one could find out why they died. Another incident happened in September 1947, during a show at Queen's Theatre in Rill. A member of the audience noticed that a 12-foot python was gliding off the stage and shouted out in alarm. Within a few seconds, members of the audience were standing on their feet, shouting hysterically, Here it comes! Here it comes! Quickly! Quickly! With the house lights on, Coringa and her compere left the stage and began to search the stalls. With shouts coming from various parts of the theatre, the scared patrons all on their feet Coringa returned to the stage with a smile on her face, walked to the proscenium, holding a snake in her arms. The audience, believing that the snake had been found, calmed down and went back to enjoying the show. But backstage, the frantic search continued. The python was eventually found curled up behind some steps in the wings. Afterwards, Coringa said, I was very worried because it was the first time I ever let a snake out of my sight during my act. It managed to sneak away while I was tending to the crocodile, and as a python can move so rapidly, I really believed that it had found its way into the stalls, especially when the audience began to shout. 
In truth, Karinga wasn't her real name. She was born Renee Bernard in Bordeaux on the 13th of January 1908, according to the 1939 census. She was, in fact, discovered by the Mills brothers working in a small touring circus in France in 1937, where they were amazed to see her dancing barefoot on a ladder of razor-sharp sword blades. Moringa initially worked as a nurse in another Fakir's act. She studied under Blackerman, learning the techniques behind his mysteries. Eventually, she developed her own act, adopting many of his feats, including Blackerman's famous sword suspension. By 1938, she was the leading act for Mills Brothers, appearing in Blackpool at the legendary Tower Circus, touring France with the Cirque Pinder and South Africa with Boswells. The envy of women, she once said that one of her secrets for health was, Discipline is the first thing. Myself, I eat just once a day. No meat, but fruit, especially lemons. Karinga was a dancer, a magician, a circus artist, as well as a member of the French Free Forces, who performed secret missions in World War II. And if you look at pictures of her, she can often be seen with the resistance symbolic cross painted on her forehead during performances. The story of Karinga shows the huge interest in the Orient with her exotic beauty and flamboyant stage presence. Karinga created an aura that was steeped in the traditions of India, a country with which female performers in the West had had a long-standing love affair. Now that was a brief insight into the world of Karinga, born 1913, passed away 1976. If you want to, you can find some videos of her performances on YouTube. And if you look through those, as well as ones of Bertram Mills' circus, you'll see an era of circus history that you don't see today. Now, as I said at the beginning, this is only available as a podcast and hasn't been aired on Bradley Stoke Radio, like some of the other shows. It's only because it features a story that isn't really local to Bradley Stoke or Bristol. You have been listening to me, Alice, on a Backtracker History Show podcast special. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, capital T and a capital UK. Or you can email me via info at backtracker.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed the story of Karinga, and I'm planning to do some more podcast-only stories in the near future. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, I'm so happy, and I would love it if you could give me a rating on wherever you get your podcasts from. Before I go... I'd just like to say the music that you can hear in the background is by a band called The Model Folk and it's called Finer Ties. You can find out more about The Model Folk at themodelfolk.com So until next time guys, take care and look after each other. <laughs>